are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello there, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, This is the last podcast I'm going to do before the end of the year, and unsurprisingly, it's about the end of the year stuff and festive season. Whatever you celebrate, I mean, I'm an atheist, so I celebrate all of it and none of it. Um, (laughs) I do enjoy Christmas, though, because it's fun, and the rest of my family um, all celebrate Christmas, and I love to join in. So I think that you don't necessarily have to support a particular religion to enjoy the holidays, whatever you're doing. Let's just... um, Note that it's a time of more social gatherings, more family, usually a more different food, meals, um, that sort of thing. And for people with eating disorders, it tends to freak them out. I knew, I know it used to really freak me out. Um, and I get a lot of emails about this time of year um, saying, how do I survive the holiday season? And so I'm going to give a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, The first one, actually, is just that terminology there. If you're already thinking about how am I going to survive this holiday season, that's already a a, a little bit thinking around it the wrong way. This is supposed, life is supposed to be enjoyable. The holiday season is supposed to be enjoyable. This is not about surviving something that's an awful struggle. This is about enjoying something. And the fact that you're kind of thinking about this as something I need to survive through, it's kind of messed up. Most people look forward to the holiday season because it's something that they, it's enjoyable. And so you're or, you should notice there that you're already, frame, you're already framing, oh, this is a time of more food. This is a time of more food, more relaxation, that sort of thing. And I'm already framing this in my mind as something that's bad. It's not something that's bad. It's something that is enjoyable. And you're allowed to enjoy it, just like everybody else. It doesn't, you, this doesn't have to be a struggle. It's true of recovery as well. Recovery is eating food and resting a lot. That doesn't have to be awful. That can be really enjoyable. And whether you're in recovery or not, the festive season should be really enjoyable. So really your question should be, how am I going to thoroughly enjoy this festive season? And the answer is just so ridiculously simple. You eat and you rest. And I know you're thinking, well, I have an eating disorder. How can I do that? And the harsh truth is it's always a choice not to. It's a choice to restrict. It's a choice to follow through with your crazy routines, rituals, all of those things that you do every day. I know I made that choice for years and years and years and it didn't feel like a choice at the time. And I only really understood that it was a choice the time that I chose not to do it anymore. The time that I was having those thoughts of, oh, it's the beginning of December, I should start exercising more, I should start restricting more in preparation for Christmas. And another part of me just went, you know what, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to do the opposite of event restriction. P.S. I've spoken about event restriction in another podcast, so you can look that up if you don't know what I'm on about. But I would, I'm going to do the opposite of that. I'm actually going to practice for the festive season by eating more and resting more. And that, folks, is rewiring. That is an example of me doing the exact opposite of what 
my entrenched thoughts and behaviors wanted me to do. So even in making the decision to, I'm not going to event restrict this year, I'm not going to do what I usually do every December. That's the big, that's a neural rewiring process. Of course, you've got to follow through with it. But the reality is here is that I, I used to hate December because Christmas is at the end of it. And I would, as soon as December came, my advent theme would be to start working out even more than I already was, despite the fact that I was exhausted, and um, eating even less than I already was, and manically restricting and um, trying to create more energy deficit in the preparation for Christmas. And every single damn year, the same thing happened. I got more and more anxious. I got more and more into energy deficit. I got more and more irritable, less able to cope with life, more like a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. And so by the time Christmas did actually come around, I was held to be around. And I was even more likely to restrict at Christmas because I was just in so much energy deficit and so wound up about it and so anxious that um, things had got worse and worse and worse. And so that's what Christmas used to be like for me and everybody else around me, pretty damn horrible. And so that decision to, you know what, I'm just not going to do that this year. When I made that decision, it wasn't this big, awful thing. It was actually wonderful. I just made myself relax and I made myself eat and I made myself enjoy myself. And because then I hadn't created additional energy deficit, my anxiety levels were actually, my, my body was feeling better because it wasn't quite struggling as much as it usually did around that time of year because of what I was doing to it. And so I was actually less anxious. I was nicer to be around. And guess what? I'm, a pre I'm an all right person to be around when I'm not starving hungry. And so I was able to enjoy myself. And I think we often frame with what we need to do in recovery of, um, eating lots of food and resting and going against all the things that your eating disorder wants to do. It's often framed as this big, difficult, awful battle. It's not. It, recovery is surrender. What you're doing up to recovery is the battle. You're fighting your own biology. It's horrible. You're pushing yourself. You're starving yourself. That's the battle. Recovery is the surrender when you go, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to fight my own body. I'm going to relax and I'm going to eat and I'm going to enjoy my life. And there's actually nothing difficult about that unless you're not fully committed to it. And if you're not fully committed to it, then of course you're not fully committed to the weight gain. And then you start to freak out because it's like that starts to happen. So Committing to recovery means committing to not suppressing your natural body weight anymore and allowing your body to go wherever it needs to go if you actually eat and rest and stop doing all of the things that you're currently doing to suppress it. But when you've made that commitment, you can relax into and enjoy that process. You really can. It's wonderful to relax and eat. And the best part is that unrestricted eating is for life. It's not just for Christmas. <laughs> I had to get that in there. It's not just for Christmas and it's not just for recovery. 
And I've explained in other podcasts and I've explained in my book why unrestricted eating doesn't mean that you binge continuously for the rest of your life and that actually what happens is your body starts to learn that food is not scarce and so your food intake, as your body normalizes, your food intake normalizes as to what it should be for your body. So I'm not going to go into that in great detail in this podcast, but I do want you to understand that you control your attitude, you control um, your choices and you can choose right now I'm going to have a wonderful time not just for Christmas but just actually for the rest of my life and I'm going to stop restricting and I'm going to stop fighting my body I'm going to stop making myself miserable and I'm damn well going to enjoy it <laughs> so it's the beginning of well it's not even the beginning of December anymore is it I'm so behind but I meant to put this out at the beginning of December it's not the beginning of December but Nevertheless, it's not too late. If you are currently not acting as you should be acting in respect for your body and for enjoying your life, i.e. if you're restricting, compulsively exercising, purging, all of the above, then now's the time to practice not doing that. And actually, now's the time to practice not having an eating disorder. And now's the time to practice letting it go. I think that this was key for me is just being able to drop everything. Because if you're sitting there kind of like, all right, all right, well, I'm preparing my... How many people right now are preparing themselves and have been preparing themselves for years to eat without restriction? But there's always some reason that you can't. There's always something holding you back. There's always some little thought of just like, well, you know, like I have to, oh, it wouldn't be sensible to do this right now. It wouldn't be sensible to eat without restriction right now. It wouldn't be sensible to really follow my hunger right now. Oh, I can't stop exercising right now because oh, I'm going to lose all this fitness and because I've got this thing coming up and because I entered a marathon in the spring. And because it's always a reason, isn't it? And I think one of the best things I ever learned to do was, do you know what? Just drop it. Drop it all. Drop it all. Let it all go. Let all of the behaviors go. Stop clinging on to it. Just drop everything. It's like your whole, when you have an eating disorder, it's like you can imagine everything, everything's clenched. There's so many hooks in you. There's so many parts of it. There's so many reasons why you can't just eat. There's so many reasons why you can't just rest. There's so many reasons backed up from stupid things like, well, I've run every day for X number of years, so who will I be if I'm not doing that? Like these reasons all add up in your head and they all seem important. But what I'm telling you now is not a single one of them is. Drop it. Drop all of it. None of it matters. And the only way you're going to learn that none of those thoughts, none of that overthinking, none of those worries matter is by letting it go. And so if you can imagine your life right now is like a clenched fist and it's clenched so hard. And when you decide to recover, you just relax. Boom. You drop all of it. Let it all slide away. Because it only actually exists in your head. I promise you. Like that one, one of the hardest things for me about stopping all of the movement, especially the running, when I stopped running, was just this thought of, well, I've I've run consecutively for this amount of time and I'm going to break that streak. And that felt so important. It felt like an important part of my identity, a part of my life. And you know what? No one in the world gives a shit how many days in a row you run for. No one in the world gives a shit how many days in a row you've eaten with a teaspoon or you've chopped your salad up into this or you've done this stupid habit or that stupid habit. It The... 
for me, that that importance, that that weight, that um, signif- uh, that that being significant, that running street being significant, only existed in my own head. It doesn't matter. I can stop that from existing like that if I choose to drop it. It doesn't matter. And so that's a key part of getting your recovery attitude right, is just being like, drop it. Just drop all these stupid little things that I'm allowing to become real in my own head. So I'm actually going to, I've got some, um, on YouTube, I asked the question to the YouTube community, what are some things that they'd like me to talk about at Christmas? And I thought, this isn't YouTube, this is a podcast, but I'm going to um, answer a couple of these questions here. So um, Becky writes, I'm going to see family I haven't seen since starting recovery. I've gained a significant amount of weight and now I'm heavier than I've ever been. Good for you, Becky. I come come from a very health and fitness upbringing and somewhat of a fat phobic family. I'm actually scared to death to see them, but I don't want my holidays consumed by this worry. I don't know if I'm just saying something about the weight. I don't know if just saying something about the weight gain is best or staying quiet and letting them make judgments would quietly be better. Um, any advice is welcome. Well, um, if they're, f- okay, the first thing I'm reading that, if, it, if it's family that you haven't seen for a while, then I don't know how close you are to these people. Do you really care that much what they think? And second of all, you have nothing to apologize for. You don't have to go in and announce, uh, uh, hello, everybody, I've gained weight as if it's an apology that's your business and that's your life and anybody who is judging you for recovering and not suppressing your body weight anymore I feel very sorry for them and so don't feel that you have to do anything Becky you don't have to you're not obliged to (laughs) disclose anything it's your body it's your business if they have judgments about that that's that's so that says so much about them and so little about you The problem for you is you're allowing in your brain, you're allowing to, first of all, uh, project onto other people that they're judging you. I don't know if they are or not. You don't know if they are or not. You don't know unless you're in someone's head what's going on. So there's no point really in projecting anything. And second of all, the bigger problem that we have here is you are allowing it to worry you. I think one of the, that goes from many people Um, is care less about what you think other people think. And that can be a rewiring method as well. It can be wired into our brains to get anxious and care about what we think other people think. And so a rewiring rewiring, um, task here would be when you have those thoughts, when you notice your brain starting to worry about what other thing people are thinking about your weight, you shut those thoughts down. And here's why it's important. Because in recovery, we need to teach our brains that weight is not important. If you have an eating disorder, your brain thinks that weight is hugely important. And the reason it thinks that weight is hugely important is because you have taught it that weight is hugely important via your thoughts and via your actions. Via your thoughts, you paid a lot of attention to thoughts about your weight. Via your actions, you probably weighed yourself religiously. So over the years, you've taught your brain that weight is really important. And that's why your brain is going, what other people think about my weight is really important. Because you've taught it that. So your brain's only doing what you've taught it. 
The rewiring process is teaching your brain something different. And so if you allow yourself to worry and ponder over these thoughts and chew over these thoughts about what do other people think about my weight, guess what you're continuing to teach your brain? You're continuing to teach your brain that weight is important because if it wasn't, why would you be worried about what other people think about it? So it's, it is important for this rewiring that as soon as you notice those thoughts, you shut them down. No, I'm not going to allow myself to think this. I'm going to distract myself. I'm not going to spend mental energy on thoughts about what other people think about my weight because weight is not important and I'm not going to continue weight to be such a significant, important part in my brain and I have to teach my brain this. I hope that makes sense. Okay, another question. Actually, that's similar, the same. What do you deal with the thought that families members will judge you? That's from Nadine. Nadine, same as above, same answer as above. Um, this is a question from Ari. Um, the problem is that there are members of my family or close friends who happen to worry about their weight, as many other people do. They stop eating dessert at night or fried food. They ask me if I'd like to go to the gym. The thing is that now people would um, call me slightly overweight but I was way heavier in the first year of recovery, so I guess they're meaning well. I don't understand that, but I think I read it wrong. My question is, how do I react to them being concerned about my looks or about their weight without going on a monologue about how dieting and over-exercising is hell? I'd like to save them from restrictive mindsets, so I don't know how, but I don't know how. So I think what Ari is saying is that members of family are weight-conscious, dieting, and you I think what you're saying is you don't actually want to get into those conversations. And that can be difficult, can't it? Without being really rude, just saying, I don't want to talk about this, which I've been known to do. Because I guess for so long, people knew me as the fitness fanatic that even after recovery, a lot of people would just kind of want to be asking me diet and fitness questions. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I'm so over this, I can't cope. Um, I, think you, I think you can be an advocate here for not dieting. And... And that's what I try and do in the politest possible way. If people are asking me, what's the diet tips? What's the you know health and fitness tips? I just say something like, well, actually restricting food usually tends to raging a war in your own body, which has a, runs into a whole heap of problems that you don't even want to go there. Or explaining something along those lines. I go into a bit more detail, but sometimes I don't. And sometimes I just say, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't bother. Don't like <laughs> <laughs> which seems really short and sharp, but I don't owe anyone anything on that. And I certainly do not owe people to talk about anything to do with dieting or food. Sometimes I will use the opportunity, if I can be bothered, to educate people on how diets that don't work. But that's actually what I do for a living. So sometimes that's not what I want to do at a social gathering. And sometimes I just say, excuse myself, and excuse me, I'd like to go and get another glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> off I go sometimes and a lot of the time what I do this is when people are acting funny when they're like you know say if someone says oh you know like um I think I'm, I want the slimline tonic I don't even say anything I just go and like grab the normal tonic and make myself a normal gin and tonic right in front of them or, or when some people someone's saying oh the sausage roll is like so many calories in there I'll just pick a sausage roll off and eat it so sometimes I, I will just demonstrate via my actions that I'm not listening to what their stupid diet talk is. Um, okay, so one more question. And this is from um, Lucy. And Lucy says, I know this is silly. Well, I don't, you don't know that yet, Lucy. But I'm eating without restriction for the first time in years. Good for you. 
I'm worried about well-meaning comments from my wider and immediate family over Christmas time when they see me eating like a normal human at Christmas time, finally, and not just eating copious vegetables. And what the comments about looking healthier from relatives I haven't seen in a while will be. Oh, and I'm also dealing with the usual January gym diet crap. Um, thanks. So, Lucy. Well, again, this is like you, you're putting a lot of weight. And I don't mean weight as in, in physical weight. I mean weight as in you're giving weight to the thought um, about what other people think. You're worrying in advance that people might make a well-meaning comment. And you do have to take um, accountability for your controlling your own reaction to other people's comments. You can't control other people's comments. You'll never be able to, none of us will. But we can control our own reactions to them. And so think of this as a really, really good rewiring test that when somebody says something positive about how much you're eating, weight that you've gained, that you look well, anything like that, you need to rewire that brain response that you have that that's a negative judgment on you and you need to be ready for that brain response and as soon as it comes you need to stop it in its tracks you need to take a deep breath and you need to say I'm going to choose to see this comment as a positive thing and you really can do that I promise you you might not think that you can but you can control your reactions to other people's comments and it's a choice to allow yourself to go into that downward spiral of negativity it's also a choice to say, you know what? That's a great comment. That was a positive comment. That's a compliment. I'm going to take it. I'm not going to allow my eating disorder to chew it up and spit it out. Um, and the other question with the January diet crap, again, this is crucial rewiring for you, Lucy, to be able to get through the January season and to be able to see all of those gym advertisements and all of those posts on Facebook from your friends saying, I'm working out and I'm going to the gym and being able to just turn your brain off at that and gloss over them and not be affected by them. So another really great rewiring challenge. And in fact, you can just commit to right now, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I'm not going to join the Rat Pack and the gym bunnies in January. And if you make that commitment to yourself and make that decision right now, then you'll find that you can relax about it because it's job done. Decision's already made. It's not going to happen. You're not going to do it. It's not an option for you to do it. And you'll find that you can probably then relax and be like, well, I can't do it anyway because I made a commitment to myself that I'm not. So no point worrying about it anymore. Okay, I have to go. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening to all of the podcasts this year. There'll be more next year. If you have any topics that you'd like me to talk about, if you have any recovery stories that you'd like me to talk about, then you can email me. My email is info at I really wish you the best for the end of 2018. And let's hope 2019 is a good one, eh? Cheers, and until next time, cheerio.